You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Marisha Pessel is the author of Special Topics in Calamity Physics. Her new novel is Night Film. Thank you for joining me, Marisha. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Marisha, this is a fascinating novel, and one of the things I find most interesting about it is that the main character, to a degree, Stanislas Cordova, never appears in the narrative. You're doing characterization in absentia. That must have been fun and a challenge for you. It is. I mean, I think absence is quite powerful because then you are required to form a real mosaic as to who the person was based on the ephemeral that he or she has left behind um, or witnesses, witness accounts as to who the person was. And from that patchwork, um, one is able to create a sense of who the person was. Could you tell us how long you've lived with this character, Stanislaw Cordovas? I believe that he existed long before you even began writing the book. Well, I began formulating um, this character early on when I was plotting night film and wanting to know um, really what the centerpiece of this world would be in this family saga. So I started constructing him, and then it was really about coming up with the details of his work and his films and um, trying to figure out what each of those would be. And I took a lot of time creating the backstory of who this character was because um, I knew that once I set out on the actual writing, I just wanted that to come really quite naturally in terms of moving my characters through this odyssey. Um, If the world of Cordova was really clear to me, then it would be easy to just um, have Scott, my main character, think in terms of um, who all of these people were, and it would just be easier in that way. You crafted even the plots for a number of movies uh, of this of this character, and that makes this a, a really interesting story to read because we have kind of stories unfurling within stories, and there's a kind yeah. of a reflection within that, which I think makes the book really interesting to read. Yes, I mean, I personally love a reading experience where that is multi-layered and rich, and it really requires stories within stories. Um, and having a depth to um, what is going on. So I, I think that from that standpoint, I approach the novel as a reader and what sort of tale that I like to um, listen to or read is really one that is multi-layered and rich. And, and I really love the, the gothic feel to this novel. And it's interesting yeah. to, to, to create kind of the feel of these old-style gothic novels in a world that's filled with technology that you would think would make that much more difficult. But you use the technology to enhance that gothic, dark, creepy feel. Yes. I mean, I love—I grew up reading gothic novels. I love um, Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre. So those— um, those moody, dark stories really informed who I became as a writer. And I was interested in translating that same mood to our modern times. Certainly, 
um, in the sense of this archive that the main character pulls together, um, all of his, all of the articles and photographs that hint at who this man Cordova actually was, um, all of that translates into exactly as you say, a, a, a modern sense of a, a dark odyssey. And, and you have to have a, a great, you know, compelling kind of detective character at the center of this to move yes. through this world. So I'd like you to talk about creating Scott McGrath and his relationship to both you and to Stanislaw Cordova. And so I was very much interested in writing from a very mature point of view, and the investigative reporter who's washed up, whose life has not turned out as he would have liked, was a very interesting starting point because um, I could really push him. Someone who was already on the periphery of society would be more inclined to become particularly obsessed over a young woman's death, which is what happens to Scott. So I wanted um, both the main character and the other characters, Nora and Hopper, to be on the periphery, and then they form this makeshift family as they take off on this journey. But um, having them all at different points in their life um, where they are on the, on, the, on the ropes of life, so to speak, um, and then setting out on this journey, they come together. So that was part of the, the arc of the story. And one of the things I think a, a, a great challenge in, in, in a book like this is when you're writing about film to convey the sense of one medium in another, creating a story where in one medium, the, the novel, which relies upon describing a lot of another medium, the film, it, it yes. brings to mind you know the old question of dancing about architecture. So I'd like you to talk about creating <laughs> right. uh, the, the sense of real movies in a, in a novel. Well, I really set out not so much to discuss film, but just basically the idea of what we were talking about before, stories within stories, and that through the art of a story, people connect to each other. So I wasn't so concerned with the fact that they were discussing film. They were really discussing stories that have moved other people and um, Cordova's films, which have such a cult following around them. Um, that's just really another way of um, informing us of the human experience. So um, I wasn't so concerned with the fact that I was talking about a filmmaker because I see Cordova first and foremost as a man and an artist and a father. So um, I wasn't so concerned with that, but um, it's an interesting con uh, it's an interesting question. One of the things, too, that this book has that I think is, is really makes it fun to read are all the kind of uh, excerpts from magazines and documentaries and all these kind of uh, paraphernalia uh, that you clip in to make it seem like it's a, a collection of documents. And, and that brings to mind two questions. One, getting the permissions yeah. to... Uh, fake the layouts of these various magazines, which must have been a challenge, and also just creating that feeling of kind of a big overstuffed cupboard full of uh, pieces that the reader has fun putting together. Yes. I mean, in that sense, I wanted the reader to really take an active role in looking through all of these photographs and newspaper articles and really to draw his or her own conclusions along with Scott. So that was really important to me. Um, 
But in terms of <laughs> securing the permissions, um, I wanted to have a few cu cultural cornerstones that were immediately recognizable to readers so they could have an immediate sense of Cordova's place within society. And I wanted to have... Um, have them accept that and be questioning it fairly quickly in the narrative. And it was just easy to um, mimic how we would find out about someone in real life, which is from Googling and then from all the different voices and things that come up, um, putting together our point of view as to who this particular person was. So it was walking all of those fine lines. Now, when you were putting this together, did you do it in a word processor and did you like mock up the, the format as you were writing it, or did you just kind of text it out and say, I'll figure out the format later? The newspaper articles I did create as I went, because each one serves as uh, a moment that breaks the narrative where the reader can stop and read through something and um, switch gears a little bit. But So I made up all of those, understanding what each piece would be as I wrote it. But it was really afterwards when we, I wanted to add another layer of narrative online that I thought in terms of the short films or the movie posters. Now, uh, one of the things that interests me about this book is the, the genre that we occupy here, or the horror genre. I'd like you to talk about creating a sense of fear in your narrative and a sense of suspense and moving back and forth between those two, using one to, to up the other, so to speak. I don't, I mean, I certainly rely on that after the fact when I'm getting feedback from um, other readers in terms of the pacing and heightening the suspense. My writing process is really non, um, it's not self-conscious. I write what I'm curious about. And I want, I definitely wanted for this book a, a dark mood and a sense of dislocation and a sense of encroaching dread and having my characters have the courage to keep walking through that and to keep being strong and keep seeking the truth, um, as many characters do in Cordova's films. But I, there, I mean, there's a technical aspect to it that comes later when you look at pacing and you find out from those with fresh eyes who are reading the narrative where things are particularly suspenseful and where things are more obvious. So that's a constant um, give and take. But at that point, you really need a lot of um, feedback so you can monitor that. And could you talk a little bit about the online uh, work that you did for this? Did you create that all yourself? Um, I created, well, in terms of the illustrations, I worked with a graphic designer. I originally did all of my own, and then obviously when we're publishing this book, I wanted to, um, oh, when you're publishing a book, you have to have permissions to all the photographs. So I worked with a graphic designer on how to, um, and on putting each together, putting together each work of art, basically. Um, but yeah, so there was a collaborative aspect. But I was basically in charge of being the creator and making sure that everything created online um, and even in the app really was a delightful experience and never intruding upon just the traditional reading experience. It's interesting that that there's an that there's an app for this. Uh, did you originally, when you started out the novel, think there would be an app? Certainly not. That was something that Random House, given the world that I created with Cordova, suggested. And then we worked together to illustrate 
certain aspects of the novel and to try to figure out what pieces and what layers of narrative that would work in the app. But that was certainly something that came afterwards. And the idea is that we really wanted to keep just the simple reading experience, a reader with a, a compelling book, to keep that fairly simple. And then if people want more, they can certainly have um, other things to add up, to check out and um, additional clues and insight into the mystery. Well, that's one of the things I really like about this book is that it is such a nice, immersive, intense reading experience that has all sorts of reflections in it. And one of the things that I think is interesting is this kind of line between the the joy of the darkness and the you know the encroaching fear of the gothic genre but just the fun of reading that and and it's a, we have as readers i think kind of an an interesting conflicting experience that we like the darkness and the scariness but that's fun too yes i mean and i'm also interested in contrast that the you cannot have universal dark there also needs to be lightness there needs to be humor which was what i really used um especially for um, especially for Scott and Nora and Hopper and really keeping that with an ability to be light um, rather than having universal darkness. But I agree, there's a certain joy and exhilaration in being afraid that um, I certainly played with in the book. I've been speaking with Marisha Pessel. Her new novel is Night Film. Thank you for joining me, Marisha. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.